0: Stupid raisins stay out of my cookies. I hate when you reach for a chocolate chip cookie only to find out after biting it, it's an oatmeal raisin. I'm like, ah, stupid raisins.
1: At the end of the day, I just try to break everything, right? So I push our stuff to the limit. I change the durations. I change every parameter. I make stuff look ugly.
2: This is the language of business a podcast to inform and inspire entrepreneurs, anyone thinking about a startup or a small business looking to rebound from the pandemic. Hear about strategies that work and strategies that don't work from people who've been there and done that. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Gregory Stoller, Harvard MBA and senior lecturer at Boston University Questrom School of Business. Seems like everyone's doing video these days, from TikTok to media professionals to retirees shooting their vacation. In this episode, we talk to a chief raisin hater and a content creation wizard about the best tools for video editing. Here's Craig Stoller.
3: Thank you, Don. How much do weekly emails actually convince somebody to buy your products? We're on location virtually with founder and CEO of Stupid Raisins and as he puts it, chief raisin hater. Dylan Higabotham, welcome to the Language of Business.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. How did you come up with the name Stupid Raisins for a video production company? It's a great question and that's usually the first question people ask. But when I was starting the company, I was trying to come up with all sorts of business name ideas. I wanted something different because so many people were putting VFX or FX in their names and I didn't want to be like them. I wanted to be different and One day I was wearing my favorite shirt. It's a shirt with a picture of a chocolate chip cookie and it says on there, stupid raisins stay out of my cookies. I couldn't agree more with that shirt. I hate when you reach for a chocolate chip cookie only to find out after biting it, it's an oatmeal raisin. I'm like, oh, stupid raisins. And so I just thought, what if I named the company Stupid Raisins? I love it. So I ran it by my wife and she laughed at it. And so I thought, well, if she laughs at it, then it's got to be a good name.
3: Now, had the app and production company already been alive or was this post name choice?
0: It was just barely alive. I probably had one product finished or I was just wrapping up my very first product. I was working with FX Factory to try and figure out what do we call what I'm doing? What do we call my little business?
3: And did you start developing these plugins yourself or did you already have a team in place?
0: I did it all by myself at the very beginning. I realized I could make these plugins and then sell them. People would buy them and use them to make their videos. And so we saved up a bunch of money. I quit my day job and I haven't had to get a real job yet.
3: That's great, congratulations. Every one of your plugins for Final Cut Pro has the word pop in it. Why are they all using the same name?
0: I wanted the products to kind of describe what they do. Our plugins, our titles, our effects, they take somebody's video or their project and they bring it up a level in professionalism. They really pop your video to the next level. I just put a little pop on the end of it and that's a great way to also brand and differentiate all of our products from everybody else's. Now you distribute direct through your website with a $1
3: introductory plugin, also through a distribution company like FX Factory. Are those the same in terms of revenue generation or is one stronger than the other?
0: No, FX Factory is by far much stronger. They account for like 99% of our sales. The selling on our website on our own is just us testing the water, kind of dipping our toes in the water to see if we ever want to sell on our own or not. Now you
3: primarily concentrate on Final Cut Pro. Why not DaVinci? Why not Adobe? Why not Avid?
0: Oh, because those programs are boring and lame and hard to use. I've always thought Final Cut Pro is the way video editing should be. It's simple to understand. It's easy to use. It's very accessible. And so I decided from the very beginning that I was going to just focus on Final Cut. You now have a production
3: company that's more than just you. Where is your team located?
0: It's amazing. In the past three, almost four years, I've grown from just me doing everything to now I have a team of nine throughout the world. We've got designers in the Philippines. I've got animators in Brazil, New Zealand in the Philippines. We've got a plugin tester in Philadelphia. We have our website manager. He lives in Washington state and we have a full-time copywriter who also lives in the Philippines. How do you come up with ideas for future plugins? A lot of times our customers, they'll write in or they'll email me and they'll say, Hey, I've got this problem. Can you help me solve it? Can you help me fix it? For example, a customer a few months ago told me he needs a timeline plugin to make cool looking timelines on the video. And so we met with him and we chatted and we discussed what he would see in it, what he needs in it. And we've been building it. Timeline Pop will probably come out in the next few weeks. Customer request is a great way to get new plugin ideas.
3: And in general, what's the time from an idea to actually putting it for sale on either FX Factory or your site?
0: When it was just me, that took like three months. It was so slow and took forever. But now with my team, we've got it down to about 30 days. And of those 30
3: days, how much is writing and composing versus testing?
0: Design usually takes about a week, maybe 10 days. And then animation comes after that. And that takes about 20 days total, but that can start right after design. So if we have one design, then the animator can start on that right away. So that kind of overlaps that uh, production stage. And then testing takes probably about 10 days. And how often do you
3: then need to come up with version two or version three of the same plugin?
0: Well, it really depends if a plugin is very successful and people love it we'll usually update that one we'll create some new designs and maybe add functionality to it and features that kind of thing but if a plugin is kind of a dud people aren't buying a lot of it then it usually won't
3: get updated and how do you consider something to be a dud is it straight sales is it uh social media postings help our listeners to understand that
0: the way i tell if it's a dud or not is First off, sales. Sales speaks so well. That tells us, is this helpful to someone? If it's not selling, most likely it's not helpful. It's not doing anybody any good. It's not a tool they want to add. And then we combine that with feedback. What are customers saying? Are they emailing us and saying, hey, this would be great if you changed this or are they emailing us and saying, this is no different from another plugin. Why Why should I buy from you? It's kind of a mixture of sales and customer feedback to decide if we want to update a plugin. How about your
3: weekly email? Some of them directly relate to your plugin. Some are other just special interest stories. Who writes those and who comes up with them?
0: You're talking about our Friday Five email. Again, I wanted to separate myself. I didn't want Stupid Raisins to be some faceless company that people couldn't really connect to. I actually got the idea from Tim Ferriss. He does an email too, where he sends out five things that he likes or finds interesting to his email list. I applied that to Stupid Raisins. And so a lot of times those are just helpful articles on video editing, articles on the industry. And then other times they're funny videos to make people laugh or smile. What I do is I go through and I find five things that I found interesting or useful or funny. And then I just share it with our email list.
3: What keeps you up at night most about Stupid Raisins?
0: I want Stupid Raisins to become a true business that can run on its own, that doesn't depend just on me. I'm in that process right now, creating it to be something that can be bigger than me and grow beyond me. I'm constantly thinking of ways to make that happen, things that need to be in place in order for that to happen. That's probably what keeps me up at night is is getting Stupid Raisins to become a true business that doesn't depend on any one person.
3: Dylan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Dylan Higginbotham, founder,
3: CEO, and chief raisin hater of Stupid Raisins. Back to you, Don.
2: Thanks, Craig. Still to come, the content creation wizard at Stupid Raisins, when the language of business continues. I didn't even realize what it meant to be in a top tier business school until my first day. And I just really, for the first time, felt like I was in a place where everybody knew what was going on and everyone was incredibly driven to study this and perfect this field. And so I think Being in a top business school really means that you are finding the barriers and the edges of the field and pushing them a little farther. And that's what Questrom has taught me over the past four years. Questrom's
3: really helpful because you
2: get to not only study the basics
3: of business, such as accounting or marketing, but you really get to dive further in and to see applications of the health sector and how business applies to sustainability efforts around the world. They really want us to kind of focus it on four emerging areas. And those areas were healthcare, security, sustainability, and technology. Those are really where the jobs are going to be. They really want us to come out from the Questrom School of Business and be able to work in any area of the industry.
2: Interested? Go to bu.edu slash Questrom. You're listening to the Language of Business. We've heard from the chief raisin hater at Stupid Raisins. Now their content creation wizard, Dr. Greg Stoller. Don, thank you.
3: How many good relations are you going to have with your coworker if your job function is to break everything they build? We're on location from Philly with Dustin Danese, content creation wizard at Stupid Raisins, and welcome to the Language of Business. Hey, thank you so much, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, my coworkers love me, even
1: though it's my job to make their job harder, I can tell you that.
3: What is a content creation wizard? It sounds so, I don't know, royal. (laughs)
1: right? So basically, I used to be in charge of making all of the video content for our small company, Super Raisins. So I made all the promo videos. I test our products too. And that's really the meat of my job now. It's it's fun. It's hard. It's challenging, but it's super rewarding as well. Getting to know our products inside and out and make them better before they get to our customer. Yeah. Are you involved at all in the building or just in the testing? Just the testing. Yeah. Those are the wizards, our animators. All that stuff's right over my head. It's fantastic. You know, I have a very basic cursory knowledge of how they do what they do, which helps me in my job. But uh, yeah, I couldn't do that stuff. That's way advanced.
3: (laughs) How do you go about testing it? Is it always the same? Is there, is each plugin going to be unique? So each plugin really
1: creates its own set of testing criteria, right? Transitions, titles, effects. They all require different things to happen with the media beneath them or going along with them. But At the end of the day, I just try to break everything, right? So I push our stuff to the limits. I change the durations. I change every parameter. I make stuff look ugly, right? I just want to make sure if one of our customers takes each and every parameter, so the things you can change in the plugin and really messes them up and changes them, makes it look exactly the way they want that they still work. At the beginning, sometimes they don't. And that's when I go back to the animators and we have a great discussion on how to fix stuff. And it's really just trying to break our product. So it's fun. It's a fun thing to do every day.
3: You primarily specialize in Final Cut Pro. I know that Apple has introduced an M1 chip. They're constantly updating their hardware and their software. What do you do to stay current, not only with testing, but also in terms of your own knowledge? I like to stay current just with following trends,
1: following Apple and everything like that. It's hard for us as a smaller company to really test new hardware we're a small company 10 people and i'm the sole tester so it's not like i can go out and buy an m1 machine day one uh we really lean on our distributor fx factory to keep up on that stuff which is a great partnership they can test our stuff on that end for us and we're currently working with fx factory to make sure all of our stuff is m1 compatible because day one, that was a rough transition for us. And that we've slowly and steadily been getting more and more of our products up to date for the M1 chip. But I just like, I like watching YouTube videos. I love editing. I love using plugins. So it's really easy for me to keep up to date. Because I just, I love tinkering with other people's stuff, you know? And does other people's stuff ever involve Premiere Pro or DaVinci Resolve or Avid? Right. So not for me. No. No. we are very final cut pro oriented so our animators i believe ray our newest animator came from a premiere and after effects background and she could she actually used that knowledge and transferred pretty seamlessly into motion which is pretty great me personally i'm just purely final cut pro i dabbled a little bit in motion apple's motion graphics stuff but i love final cut and i found a great career using it so i'm not deviating so let me
3: give you a hypothetical You've tested the heck out of one of these plugins, it's working perfectly. You've talked with the animators, etc. Somebody emails your company and says, it's broken, it's not working. How do you determine that they're not pressing the right buttons, their computer is running too slowly, their software has been corrupted versus, uh uh-oh, it's an aspect of one of your plugins that you didn't test comprehensively enough? That's
1: a great question because that is the main thing I have to determine when dealing with our customers. And I love our customers. And a great thing about our client base is we are very beginner friendly. Like we make Plugins for people to be as easy as possible. So a lot of people coming in are beginners. As a customer service rep, you know, after seeing a lot of questions, you start to see uh, flags, people just calling certain things wrong. A good one for me is on-screen controls, OSCs. And if our customer doesn't necessarily know what an OSC is, I just think, okay, they must be a beginner. Let me really dial this back to like the basis possible fix for them. And it, you know, usually works. And a lot of times our customers are really friendly and it's just like any tech IT person is going to tell you to like shut down and reinstall. That's like 90% of what I do too. <laughs> it's like reinstall FX factory, reinstall the plugins, restart the computer. And I just
3: had one today. It's like, oh my God, it worked. I'm like, I told you. Sometimes it's just that easy. If Apple decides to copy one of your plugins and now it becomes native to their software, do you consider that to be a victory celebration or a disaster since you can no longer sell it? Oh, wow. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? I don't know. You know,
1: I would have to take that as a compliment, but at the same time, I'd be sweating bullets. Like, oh... <laughs> We got some pretty good selling products. I don't want them stealing them from us. That's for sure.
3: Has there ever been a tech problem that you've been unable to ultimately fix with your team? Not with my team. We've always
1: been able to fix true issues. I love testing and I think I'm really good at it, but I'm a human, right? I'm not a robot. I'm going to miss some things. So when customers come and there's legit things we miss, spelling errors and stuff, we're always good with being able to fix them. I've been dealing with a customer in Eastern European country, I forget what it was, and One of our plugins, he's having trouble exporting it to the broadcast standards of his country. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I just trying to walk him through how we do it here. And at the end of the day, I think it was just his system and the standards for the TV company that he has to export this file to. And I felt bad. I'm sorry, but the, the plugin works and it's just some miscommunication between him and his employer. And I felt bad, but sometimes it's beyond our control. You know, we do our best, but we can't account for everyone's system, everyone's standards. Everything's different out
3: there. Uh, Great answer, I love your energy. Dustin, thank you very much. Hey, you're very welcome, thanks for having me. It's been fantastic. Dustin DeNaisy, content creation wizard at Stupid Raisins based out of Philly. Back to you, Don.
2: Thanks, Greg. And that's our look at Stupid Raisins, where they love working with Final Cut Pro. In our next episode, we'll meet a big fan of Adobe and the guy who wrote the book on training for video editing. Support for The Language of Business is from Boston University Questrom School of Business. We now have downloads in 40 states and 75 countries. We really appreciate the support. The Language of Business is available wherever you get podcasts. Or just ask Alexa. Our social media is by Jennifer Powell of the Excellent Writers Group. Music by Randy Barth of Oswee Media Group. Consulting producer, Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. Direction audio editing and voiceover by yours truly. Special thanks to Mike Carruthers of somethingyoushouldknow.net. I'm executive producer, Don Kelly. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, thanks for listening to The Language of Business.